You're listening to Feral Attraction. Hosted by Metrico and Vera the Science Collie. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about After Dark Twitter. What's the etiquette behind it? What's the purpose of it? We also have a listener question about how to get over a previous relationship that maybe wasn't the healthiest. Hello again and welcome to Feral Attraction. I'm Metrico. And I'm Vero the Science Collie. Hey, so Vero literally just got back from FWA. How was it? It was really fun. It was actually my first con fursuiting because my fursuit arrived at the convention. Ooh. So that was super fun. And I also ran a panel, though I did not do that in fursuit because it might have sounded a little muffled. <laughs> if you had squeakers, that would be even better. <laughs> Indeed. But no, the panel actually went surprisingly well considering uh, circumstances. We had about uh, 45 attendees in a full room. Um, and that's despite a last minute schedule change. And uh, listing the panel as an after dark panel, which meant that it could only be 18 plus and that it was at a pretty awkward time slot on Thursday night. So yeah, They also really didn't like list any information. It was just like, hey, it's an after it dark panel. It literally just said there's <laughs> like an after dark panel, panel yeah. and that I'm hosting it. So people, unless they knew what they were looking for, really had no way to figure it out. There was no description anywhere, not even in the con book. I had a, there was no con Oof. book, so there's nothing. There was, <laughs> yeah. So anyway. <laughs> it was literally after dark. Like. No, no. The, the, the printed schedule did say non-monogamous relationships. Oh. That's it. That was the closest thing to a description our panel had. Huh. And it's still brought in 45 attendees. Oh, Brad. And we got a note from one of the board members of the convention welcoming us back next year saying we had awesome attendance and that they were very thankful we ran the panel. So that's, I think, a win. So I guess we'll be back next year. <laughs> yeah, it went really well. Uh, I didn't use slides for this panel because uh, we, they didn't have a projector available for us. So oh. uh, it was more of a Socratic method uh, sort of panel, but it went really well. I think uh, there are a lot of people, more so than in other uh, events uh, who are actually experienced already with non-monogamy and poly. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more discussion-oriented than the usual panel, which is more uh, didactic. So yeah, it was really a good time, kind of interesting. That's good. Nice, Yeah, nice kind of uh, departure from our earlier panels. And of course, we're running it again next weekend. Yeah, you don't get a break. Like, <laughs> it's just one after the other. Of course, I'll have you that there this time, so that'll be fun. <laughs> I'm just going to be there to look fat and suspicious. Um, <laughs> that, that's 90% of my goal, but I'm looking forward to that. Excellent. So I accidentally kind of verbally typoed and I said, you know, after dark account. And that, that's what we're talking about. That's the main, I guess, topic. And I kind of, you know, Freudian slipped it maybe where, you know, after dark accounts on Twitter are kind of like a really big furry thing. Like most, I mean, I wouldn't say most, a lot of furries that, you know, really want to get into like adult oriented Twitter tend to have an after dark account for various reasons. And it could be a super fun, exciting way to, you know, talk about yourself, share things about yourself that, you know, typically you probably wouldn't because you're under the guise of yet again, another, you know, persona. So right. yeah, for sure. And you know, some people don't necessarily even want to be posting very much on their after darks. Some people just use them so that they have a way of viewing other people's content. There are mm-hmm. lots of, there's some, voy- there's some voyeurism that can go on. I mean, there's no real exact one right way of doing an After Dark account. Yeah. But there's certainly some wrong ways of doing After Dark accounts. Yeah, so that's so what, yeah. We'll I be mean, getting into that. Yeah, so, I mean, we've kind of, you know, led into it. But, like, what is an After Dark account? You know, like, What's what? the purpose? Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so one thing I want to get off the, the top is after dark accounts, generally speaking, are people's auxiliary accounts or secondary accounts. And I think there's kind of a whole plethora of types of these. Um, one type that we're not going to be talking about quite so much uh, on this episode is more of a vent account. And that's where you're more kind of emotionally raw and open mm-hmm. rather than sexually open. And while that can be uh, what some of these after dark accounts for, I kind of see that as being a se- separate type. And we kind of wanted to talk about more of the, the sexually oriented after dark mm-hmm. accounts with this episode. So if that's more your thing, that's great. But we're not really addressing it here so much. Um, and, and I mean, to be fair, like a lot of the things that we'll talk about in this episode will, you know, apply to event accounts as well. But I mean, we really, you know, this is uh, kind of it's 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 a sex podcast on, you know, a certain level. We want to kind of talk about the sex you know, aspects of an after dark. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> sex and relationships are bread and butter. We also talk about personal issues, which is where a vent account might come up. Yeah. But again, that would, be, that would be a separate topic yeah, for that's, us. Yeah, that's all, that's in and of itself. And we've kind of, you know, spoke about it a little bit, like, in terms of, like, oversharing on Twitter. And we've talked about when to vent, when not to vent, and how to yeah. vent, and all those sorts of things. So yeah. that conversation so has happened. We're not going to go over that, but, you know... The one thing we do want to stress about event accounts, though, is it's generally speaking not a good idea to mix event account with a more sexually oriented account, from my personal experience. Um, the problem is when you mix that stuff with sexual stuff, you're kind of... Um, people, you're not really delivering the content people are expecting to see at that point. People tend to go on, after, on the sexually oriented side of AD Twitter to uh, either get the rocks off or to flirt and do and have kinky fun time. And so if they're getting, you know, hit with a wave of emotional honesty, that's kind of going to ruin their their uh, sort of, I guess, posh. And, I mean, even on the flip side of that, if you're looking for support, like if you're having some kind of like an emotional issue or a personal issue that you feel the need to vent, um, let's say that you're, you know, going through a bout of depression, using an After Dark account where typically it's, you know, sexy fun times... I mean, you're not going to, typically you're not going to get the level of support that you need because people are just going to ignore it. Like, oh, that's not, you know, a picture of his fursona, like, raw dog in it. Like, I don't care. Or even worse, you will get support, but it will be people supporting you with the expectation of a quid pro quo. Yeah. Which is, and what I mean by that is people who give you emotional support with the expectation that you'll be maybe trading in some sexual favors at the next furcon as, as a kind of thank you. And you don't really want that kind of emotional support either, because that's not very mm-hmm. genuine. Yeah, so I mean, it's 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 just a good idea to keep your venting away from, like, your sexing, if you know. Right, it shouldn't be dick pic, dick pic, emotionally raw diatribe, dick pic, dick pic, butt pic. That's yeah. a bad progression. Yeah, there's definitely a time and a place, you know, and a circumstance for that. If you feel the need where you need to be emotionally vulnerable... Then certainly make a. I would I would almost recommend making a separate vent account and you know going forward with that because, you know that way people know what they're getting into and people can offer you know the best level of support without any kind of false pretense. Exactly. So. That's kind of type number one that we're kind of de-emphasizing a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, some people use AD accounts just to explore specific fetishes that they have for specific kinks. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of, like, especially for uh, furries that are into, like, inflation or vor or transformation, you know, they'll have, like, an After Dark account where they're able to explore that through roleplay or, you know, even through, uh, you know, just p- sharing pictures that they find on the internet. Yeah, some people have an After Dark account that's just devoted to sharing furry porn. They never post any images of themselves. Mm-hmm. They just post furry porn in the style of the kinks that they're interested in. Yeah. And some people actually have multiple After Dark accounts. They might have one account that's just for sharing 
you know, fur, furry porn and uh, kinky stuff. And then they might have another account for sharing you know, pictures of themselves nude or something and, and yeah. more direct flirting. So, you know, both of those types of things are certainly valid. Yeah. And I mean, some people have it for, you know, an after dark for flirting or as I mentioned for for foreplay, you know, some uh, role play rather, not foreplay. <laughs> oh, foreplay is a completely different beast. Ooh, don't get me started on that. We'll be there all night. Trust me. Oh, uh, but no, it's for like role play and for flirting and, and it's harmless. And, you know, some people just enjoy like, oh, you're a cutie. Oh, hey, you know, I'm, I don't really want any kind of like romantic entanglement i just kind of want to get my rocks off oh you know let me be cute and sassy and fun and you know let me brush against you that sort of thing asterisk nuzzles your sheath asterisk yeah. forward slash me <laughs> <laughs> me mers but yeah some people have specific accounts that they just use for role play so they're they're if you look at their tweets they're all just you know ongoing mm -hmm. rps with people that's another legitimate thing to do. Yeah. Uh, some people don't like seeing that in their AD Twitter feed, but then <laughs> the one, one might question why they are following in a roleplay account if they don't want to see roleplay on their Twitter feed. Yeah, I mean, yet again, you get to customize the Twitter <laughs> that you see, so if you don't like seeing roleplay accounts, don't follow the roleplay accounts. Yeah, so one thing that I want to distinguish, and we kind of touched on this when you uh, had your Freudian slip talking about foreplay, <laughs> um, is there, I think uh, there being kind of two types of flirting uh, on AD Twitter. Uh, there's flirting and just casual role play that you, you don't actually intend to go anywhere. And that, I think that as being kind of one type, the flirting role play type. And there's another type of flirting that's more the foreplay flirting, uh, <laughs> if you might call it that. Uh, but I generally, I generally call that flirting with intent. And when I talk about flirting with intent, that's people who have AD accounts not only for the purpose of having fun online, sharing titillating pictures and like, you know, maybe pawing off, you know, mutual masturbation online kind of thing, that kind of stuff. This is people who actually use the account to basically hook up or to find people that they want to play with at a convention or maybe even they're looking, looking at it as a way of making a connection to a new mate or something like that. Mm -hmm. And that's flirting with intent. So you're taking it one step further into, you know, I'm, I'm having this flirtation with the intention of eventually taking it offline and actually being sexually active with someone. It's like manslaughter versus like first degree murder. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, there are definitely people that use after darks in order to, I don't want to say entice, you know, partners, you know, future partners or play partners or mates, but there definitely is a contingency where there are people that, hey, I'm going to be at this con who wants to play with me. And that's, that's fun. You know, it's, it's great. It's safer than Craigslist probably. <laughs> yeah. Because again, you know, at AD Twitter, you know, who's following who there's actually a bit of a social, um, contract involved because yeah okay my friend who i trust follows this person my other friend who i trust follows this person i know they've played together and it's been okay like there's a bit of that you know social network effect mm -hmm. going on with ad twitter that you don't get with something like craigslist or yeah. grinder or you know some other service like that but there are risks I of mean, course it, it's safer but it is not safe yeah yeah so you still need to know who you're who you're playing with and not just trust it oh Fluffy Bunny sixty nine follows them, so they must be okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's generally for AD accounts, especially if you're posting pictures of yourself, where you know you as a person is visible. I highly recommend that you protect things, even if it's just you going through. You know, hey, I'm really into this kink or fetish. You want to protect your After Dark account. You want to lock it. You don't want it to be publicly visible and searchable. Right. So, yeah, what, what we're talking about there, some people call that making it a locked account. We can see mm -hmm. the little padlock icon next to the, 
the Twitter. What that means is that your account can't be retweeted and that you need to approve the followers before someone will be let into it. Um, that gives you the, a few protections. Uh, one is the one Metro just talked about where people can't take things and use it against you. Um, you don't have to worry about, you know, having your content retweeted and sent out to, you know, for the far mm-hmm. reaches of the internet without your, you know, really having control over that so much. It also lets you make sure that your crazy ex doesn't, you know, see your dick. Right. So all, <laughs> and, and know exactly who you're playing with and all that sort of stuff so they can, yeah. you know, use that against you. And another really important thing, it allows you to, to weed out minors who are you, who shouldn't be following your account. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So all those things are important. But that being said, you know, even if you protect your account, there will be some, you know, situations that you can't prevent. You know, you post a picture, somebody, you know, saves it to their phone and then, you know, there was about a year and a half ago, there was a Tumblr that um, somebody created a dummy account on Twitter and then followed a whole bunch of After Darks. And then they just uh, posted all of the pictures from the After Darks onto the Tumblr and... I think they made people pay to have it removed. Like, I mean, that's just what it was. They're like, oh, we're here to show that, you know, people are sharing too much of themselves on the internet, whereas, you know, yeah, they're behind protected accounts and they approved you. Extortion as a service. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, that can sometimes happen. You want to be prepared for the worst case scenario. It's, you know, if there's a, think about it like, you know, you're putting your naked form out there on the internet. What happens if, you know, your family finds it? What happens if, you know, your coworkers stumble upon it? You know, you have to prepare yourself for the worst case scenario because it can happen. It's the Internet. You know, anything can happen on the Internet. Well, and you know, people might not think about all the things that can happen. So, again, you know, mm-hmm. de- decatastrophizing means looking at the worst case scenario and making sure you're okay with that. That's kind mm-hmm. of a principle of cognitive behavioral therapy. If you want to look at the worst case scenario and make sure you're okay with that before you proceed with something. Mm-hmm. And so the worst case scenarios here are that your, you know, your pictures do leak and you want to make sure you're mentally prepared for what would happen if that happened. Game, make, sure you, make sure you game that out because yeah. there is no way to ensure that people aren't going to save your content. It, just yeah. could, it could happen. And it, if there's a risk you take, me put, put it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's really important to remember about... Uh, you know, just putting things out there that, you know, Twitter really isn't your safe space. You don't want to look at it as, you know, oh, these are just my friends. You know, that's maybe true, but if you're approving, you know, other people, someone, you know, someone else's account gets compromised, you never know what could happen. Mm -hmm. So you just want to make sure that you're okay with the potentialities of of what could occur. Um, The other thing too, some people, you know, if you you do, I don't you know, really crave having retweets and such on things like for maybe furry porn that you're posting. Again, you can have more than one account. Maybe you have an unlocked AD account where you just post YIF, and that's fine, but you don't post your own personal images there, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have another locked account that's reserved for that. So don't, you know, don't be afraid to you know, maybe diversify your accounts a bit. Make sure that each one is serving the exact purpose you intend for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and you also have to think, if you have multiple accounts on Twitter... Sometimes the streams accidentally cross. Sometimes you, oh, yeah, I'm going to post this to my public, you know, rated E for everybody accounts. And, oh, my God, it's my butthole. (laughs) Oh, get it out, get it out. Oh, they saw it. But, you know, Metrico brings up another good point there. The the cross-posting is an issue that can happen. And that's always an embarrassing oopsie. But... Another really important thing to think about when you're thinking about, oh, how could, how could anyone ever stumble across my unlocked After Dark account? 
Let's say that you retweet your AD from your main, or your main gets retweeted from your AD. Twitter pays attention to things like which accounts retweet each other, which accounts favor each other, and which mm-hmm. accounts are mutually followed by a bunch of people. So it's very likely that people who follow your main and also follow your AD will result in your AD being suggested to people. And maybe not people you really want following it or to know it exists. <laughs> you know, and again, if your phone number is attached to the account, if your email address is attached mm-hmm. to the account, all these things can result in the account being suggested to people. Um, yeah. I, I swear I swear this happened. I don't know how it happened. It horrified me. Somehow, my aunt, who was a Catholic nun, <laughs> at one point requested to follow my After Dark account. No. I'm sure she had no idea what it was. No. She must have just clicked on a button. But the fact that it happened was so horrifying, I just can't even, to be honest. My phone number was lookable upable on my AD account for, like, months. By accident. Uncheck that. Yeah. Make sure it's not there. Yeah. So those sorts of things are, are pretty dumb slip-ups, but if the account's protected, you at least have one final check before everyone's led into dick pic and butthole land. So... <laughs> I, I'm just... I'm sorry. I just have the mental image of your... <laughs> My aunt probably would have literally died. Of sister aunt, like, uh... Yeah, sister Leonardo would not have had a good time on my After Dark account. <laughs> How many Hail Marys would have had to be... Uh, no, she, she, she would have, like, internally combusted, I'm sure. <laughs> she would have needed... Burst out of, like, life. self-righteousness. Yeah, she, like... <laughs> she would have needed last rites at that point, yeah. It would, it would not have been good. So, so yeah, that's based on that, that one horror story of my own... I encourage you, I implore you, to lock the After Dark account. It makes me so happy. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just imagining, like, the profile picture of, like, you have a new follower request, and it's, like, baby Jesus. It's like, oh, no, no. No, it, it was my aunt in full habit, which is almost worse. <laughs> Why the fuck is Sister Act trying to follow me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, you know, just be careful with that kind of stuff. But um so kind of circling back around mm-hmm. to what we addressed earlier with the types of accounts. Our, our next main topic is uh distinguishing flirting from flirting with intent or mm-hmm. the uh foreplay flirting as Metrico accidentally termed it. Um so it's I think really important just for the sake of everyone being on the same page and knowing developing hurt feelings and, you know, mismatched expectations that you know, when you're flirting on AD Twitter, try to make it clear to people whether the flirting you're doing is just flirting in casual fun banter or if what your intent is is to actually convert that into an mm-hmm. offline interaction. Because some people only flirt when they intend it to go somewhere, which is not how I flirt, just for the record. Like, when I use my ID account, I flirt both ways. Sometimes there's certain people that I just flirt with as a casual fun sort of thing. Metrico and I's AD accounts flirt with each other. But <laughs> Metrico and I do not do things sexually with each other. No. But we do enjoy flirting on AD Twitter. Because which... it's fun. It's exactly. silly. It's goofy. And it's cute. Right. But no, there's no, like, kind of intention for that to be converted into, like, ball-slapping sex. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but there are some people on AD Twitter who, not gonna lie, I do flirt with the intention of having ball-slapping sex. So... It's important to make that distinction because some people, when you flirt with them, are going to assume it means you want to fuck me or you want to yiff me or you want me to raise my tail for you or however you'd like to phrase it. But make sure those people are then ex- expecting, oh, hey, I see we're going to a con together in a couple of weeks. I guess we're finally going to, you know, do the nasty, right? 
And no, you had no intention of doing that. You're now you're starting to say, oh yeah, maybe I'll see you there. Ooh, oh fuck. So you don't want to no, be in that. No, no fuck, no <laughs> fuck. You don't want to be bad fuck bad. You don't want to be in that position. Or in the position of, you know, being forced to uh, in, in your mind pity fuck someone, which is never a good idea. Don't pity fuck people. So yeah, don't get yourself in the situation where you feel like, oh shit, I'm leaving this person on for months and now I have to pity fuck them. Yeah. Don't do that to someone. So yeah. yeah, make it clear. Make it clear what you mean when you're flirting. Um, yeah, you don't want to set up like any false expectations. And I know that we've touched on this in the past where, you know, even outside of Twitter, like if you're speaking to somebody, you know, you can lead them on unintentionally. You can let them carry a flame for you that you never intended for them to have. And there are times where, you know, you if somebody is, you know, beginning to be really invested, you might just want to message them and say, listen, you know, just for the record, I'm not really interested in a relationship right now. You might even want to put that, you know, in your Twitter profile. Say, like, you know, I'm not interested in a relationship, not seeking anything. That way you can just, like, I'm sorry, I'm, it's right there. And with me, what I do occasionally, I just tweet that, hey, you know, guys, just just keep reminding you that I, when I'm flirting on ED Twitter, I don't always intend it to go somewhere. And if that bothers you, you can always ask me, like, hey, Vero, is this going anywhere? I'm happy to be honest with you at that point. Like, oh, you know, I, I was having a lot of fun talking to you, but I don't really see this being, mm -hmm. an, you know, an IRL connection. You know, we can have that conversation if that's yeah. something that comes up. But, you know, if it's, you know, oh, yeah, I really like you. Oh, yeah, me too. I actually would like to spend time with you. Like, that can also... You know, either or it can happen so it's no, nothing wrong with asking more communication is almost never a bad thing so just don't be afraid to ask that question don't be so terrified of being rejected that you can't ask the question because I mean yeah it's the cost of doing business when you're trying to have sex with people or to get into relationships is some rejection it's the cost of doing business so just be prepared for that you can't there's no way to be in relationships and to be seeking relationships without facing rejection you just have to face mm -hmm. it down and be willing to go there so you know but you know, on the other side of that coin, don't leave people on. Don't yeah. be afraid to reject people. Don't, you know, just because, oh, I flirted with you one time and you thought it meant something and now I'm going to keep flirting with you for three months until we see each other at Anthrocon and now suddenly uh, I feel like it's, I'm put on the spot to have sex with someone I don't want to have sex with. Don't put yourself in that position. There's also, you know, and I'll flip it around again for another moment. Don't flirt with somebody with the expectation that it's going to go somewhere after they've told you that it's going nowhere. And I see this happen a lot with people that are like, oh my God, this person is super hot and I want to bone them, but they don't, you know, they don't actually want to have like sex with me, but I want to do it. So I'm just going to make them see it my way. No, don't do that. Don't do that. If somebody is telling you, listen, you know, when I flirt with you, when I, you know, share pictures, it's meant to be fun and great. And I'm glad that you're enjoying it, but that's as far as it goes. And you need to make sure that if somebody is kind of pushing those limits, you know, you kind of tell them, if you don't back off, I'm going to, you know, kind of cut you off. Because there is a point, and we'll get into this later, where you, the actual etiquette of how to, like, handle yourself in an after dark environment, we'll say, you know, you can kind of overstep some serious boundaries. Yeah. Now, the other thing there, too, that's really important is... You know, don't act entitled because just, mm -hmm. just because someone posts 80 pictures or because they seem to be kind of slutty, maybe in your perception, they're sleeping with a lot of people and you think, well, if they're sleeping with all these people. That means they'll sleep with me or that means they ought, they ought to sleep with me. No one ought to sleep with you. I mean, you don't know these people like you might really enjoy their content and think they're really hot mm -hmm. and you might even think you're their type. And there's no re there's no reason in the world why they won't want to sleep with you. The fact is. 
who someone wants to sleep with is a deeply personal thing and you have to respect who they do and do not want to sleep with. And if they don't want to sleep with you, that's too bad, but they don't have to sleep with you. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, there, there's another side to After Darks and we'll kind of, you know, we'll touch back on that uh, point that we just kind of made in a short while, but a lot of people, you know, you mentioned, you know, people post pictures and they're like, oh, this person's sleeping around. Oh, this person's a whore. Well, there are a lot of couples that have After Dark accounts and they post a lot of pictures of them playing together. And, you know, for some couples, After Dark accounts play a huge role in the health of their relationship or in some cases, the downfalls of their relationship. Yeah. Some couples are kind of exhibitionist and like tweeting their exploits. Uh, Koji and I are actually kind of in that department a little bit. Uh, we have fairly active AD accounts where we share things that we are doing occasionally. <clears throat> yes. But, you know, so that's fun. Um, and we enjoy that. But, mm-hmm. you know, some couples, maybe it's actually a bit of a point of contention for them. Yeah, I've seen a lot of couples where, you know, they start dating and one member has a uh, After Dark account. And one of the rules is you have to disable the account. You know, it's it's if we're going to be together, then... You know, you can't have that. I don't want other people, you know, sharing you. And while some people can be like, wow, that's an incredibly selfish thing. I mean, if that's the, you know, cost of admission for a relationship, then I think that's fair. As long as it's stated out in the front. Right. Because there's some people are looking for a monogamous relationship and that is perfectly legitimate Mm -hmm. as a choice. And if they want a monogamous relationship, they might see the AD account as too great of a temptation they might see it as just an enabler of cheating and, mm-hmm. you know, or cheating in itself. Exactly. And so at that point that it's within the rights to say, I don't, we, if we're going to be monogamous with each other, we don't have AD accounts. We don't, we don't send nudes to other people. Well, and I mean, the same could be said of like polyfidelity, uh, like, you know, if it's a closed polyamorous relationship, then, you know, maybe an after dark account just isn't in the cards. Like if you want to be my lover, you got to shut that shit down as the Spice Girls once said. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> we'll I go with that. <laughs> if you want to be my lover, shut that shit down right now. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. Um, but no, it's, it's you know, you want to make sure if you're in a relationship, you know, that you're not doing anything to compromise the relationship. And, you know, part of that is if you have an After Dark account, there might be rules about what you can and can't post. You know. uh, this does get back to the what does it mean for you question about monogamy, though, because for some people, monogamy means no ID account. For some people, it means we'll post stuff on our ID account, but we won't interact or RP. You know, we'll, we'll, it's, a, it's a one-way street. We post stuff, we get likes, we get validation, we show off our sexy times, but we don't take it any further than that. We don't flirt back. We mm-hmm. don't, you know, we don't we don't solicit pictures from other people privately. Maybe we only interact publicly. We don't DM. I mean, there's all sorts of different things and agreements you can have surrounding AD Twitter. And I've seen a lot of those where it's just a one-way street where you can look, but you can't touch. Basically, you get to window shop. They make a couple account as opposed to, okay, both of us have our individual accounts. No, they typically will only have one. And it's like the only time that they can post is if we're doing something together. Kind of, you know, almost like a monogamish, you know, sort of thing where, sure, you can come into the bedroom, but only if both of us are there because it feels less like cheating that way. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's a perfectly valid thing to do. Some monogamous couples are just exhibitionists. They want that validation, that kinky thrill of sharing their content, but they don't actually want it to become a sexual entanglement or a romantic entanglement with any mm -hmm. uh, third party. And again, you know, if you try to DM one of those accounts, they'll probably tell you, hey, actually, we don't we don't do this. You know, we don't we don't talk about sexual stuff privately. We only you know keep it in public. Uh, I've seen arrangements where people, the rule is you can, you know, mention people on AD Twitter, but you can't DM AD, other AD accounts because that's, you know, taking it out of the public eye. And it's not, you know, it's, yeah. it seems more cheaty that way because it's not with everyone's knowledge kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah, there's all sorts of different rules and policies and boundaries you can have. And that's something to discuss with your partner if you're going mm -hmm. to be in a relationship and, and dealing with AD accounts. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I know it seems kind of silly that, you have to talk about social media as, you know, part of the, you know, consideration for a relationship, but it is important. I mean, it's, it's, I've seen relationships that have ended because of after dark behavior. Yeah. And that's the thing. It, it comes down to, you know, what does cheating mean for us? What does mm -hmm. exclusivity mean for us? You know, what does closed mean for us? And all those things come into play when you're talking about 80 Twitter, because it enables things like sexting and role playing mm -hmm. and sharing pictures and, you know, yeah. basically, you know, all these things that for some people are definitely cheating and for some people are totally not cheating. So, yeah. again, you got to have that conversation. And you also, once you have that conversation, you have to stick with it. I mean, down the line, you might want to renegotiate like, hey, maybe we can do something like this. But, you know, make sure that you honor the terms of your relationship. Don't think that you can be sneaking. Oh, well, you know, my main account, I'm an otter, but my after dark account, I am a dragon. Nope, nope, don't do it because you will make a mistake. And then, the, I mean, the truth finds a way. Like, you don't want to lie. That, that in itself is cheating. So make sure, you know, once you have that understanding as to, you know, what an after dark account means for you and your relationship, that you stick very closely to that, you know, agreement. Now, I want to push back just a little bit here because I do know people who have AD accounts that aren't their main species and that aren't connected at all to their main accounts. See, I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm not saying that you don't, that you cannot be a different species on your After Dark account. What I'm saying is that you should not, you know, let's say that um, you and I are dating and you tell me no After Dark account. I'm like, okay. Well, I'm going to make an After Dark account with a completely different character and not tell you, and you won't know because it's a totally different character. Yeah, you're going to find that shit out very quickly. Yeah. Intent is important here. Yeah. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't do that for the purpose of you know hiding it from your mate is what we're getting at. I just wanted to mm -hmm. clarify that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was being a little facetious. No, that's fine. It's I know plenty of people that have like, well, you know, I don't want to be seen as, you know, this, you know, sexual rule or kink or whatever, so I'll have a different persona that way. You know, I can completely differentiate, compartmentalize, you know, these aspects of my life, which, hey, more power to you. If you have multiple characters, use them or lose them, you know? Sure. Right. Exactly. And you might have an RP account that's a completely different character because yeah. you're RPing and that's, you know, totally legit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, our next topic we wanted to roll into, which we addressed a little bit earlier, but we wanted to bring back up is knowing when to uh, when to engage on AD Twitter. And it kind of came up a little bit when we were talking about the couples and, and what to do in a, yeah. in a partnered scenario when you've got a polyfidelity or a close relationship going on. So, but yeah. knowing when to, when to reply and when to engage and how it's appropriate to do that is a huge part of AD Twitter etiquette. Yeah. So I just want to kind of get one thing clearly stated. Hi, if you are under the age of 18... 
Do not post pictures of yourself naked, and do not try to look at pictures of other people naked. I know that sounds kind of silly, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that there's a reason that those are you over the age of 18 disclaimers exist on, you know, Xtube or wherever you go to get your rocks off. You don't want to compromise, you know, somebody that is over the age of 18 by misrepresenting yourself by, you know, saying, oh, yeah, I'm totally legal, I'm totally good. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're 15. If you're over the age of 18, like, don't engage with people that are under the age of 18. It's a dangerous, slippery slope. And it's not a good look. And I know, like, this kind of goes a little bit against, you know, some people think that, well, you know, age of consent and all of that. Unfortunately, for the sake of nude pictures, the law is the law. You don't want to break any laws. And because the way the laws are set up right now is kind of internet phobic, um, especially at the federal level. Yeah. Anytime uh, you're involved in crossing state lines or uh, involving um, online conduct... The, the rule is always 18, even if it's in your local area. Mm-hmm. Maybe rules on sexual activity are 16, 17 for age yeah. of consent. Uh, federally, it's always 18. If it involves the internet, it's always 18. Now, yeah. personally, I'll say this right now, I do not agree with that. I have Morally, I have no problem with you, you people engaging mm-hmm. with someone who's a mature 17-year-old, mature you know 16-year-old maybe. you know In certain circumstances, that makes sense. But the law is the law. So we have to say that because mm-hmm. it is the law. If we're not talking about what we personally think is right or what the law should be, we're talking about what the law actually is. And we don't still want anyone getting themselves into hot water legally mm-hmm. because they did something that they thought was pretty innocent, but actually because someone's parents found their phone, they left their laptop open, you know, maybe a, a, you know, at school and some, some school official yeah. found it. You never know what crazy thing could happen. Yeah. Um, you just need to make sure you're protecting yourself and protecting the person you're engaging with. So don't do that stuff on AD Twitter. It does, and it also it just it reflects poorly on you. Some people are going to be mm-hmm. very, you know, find that very skeezy. So, you know, just make sure you're protecting yourself and protecting the people you're talking to. So a general rule of thumb, when to engage on an After Dark account. Is the person you were engaging with over the age of 18? If not, don't engage. End of line. It's, you know, you want to, it's a legal line. You, you It has to be black and white, unfortunately. So... Just bear that in mind. It's, yet again, I, you know, especially in cases where both parties are underage, I don't necessarily agree. And I know that there are a lot of places that are decriminalizing, like even texting. Like, oh, you know, a 16-year-old sexted another 16-year-old. Now everybody's getting busted for underage porn. I'm glad that they're decriminalizing that. And I hope, you know, down the line they'll, you know, get around to the internet. But Well, the other fact of the matter is, and we talked about our intergenerational relationship episode, I mean... Some of those intergenerational relationships are sometimes with someone who's close to the age of 18, but not quite there and that sort of thing. That stuff mm-hmm. happens. But again, we can't officially condone it because it's against the law, and from at least from, from the online perspective. So At least from the online showing your dick perspective. <laughs> right, exactly. So we, I, again, we don't want to get a bunch of angry comments from people who say, oh, you guys are so uptight. Like, this is, you're such prudes. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, that's not necessarily the case, but the law is just <laughs> the law. We live in the United States of America, so that's what yeah. the law is. And yeah. We didn't choose that. That's what it is. So, I mean, you know, you do you. If you want to take on that risk, feel free. Like, But just under advisement, 
just don't do it. We have to give the advice of that is appropriate and best practice. We mm-hmm. always try to give best practices on the on the show. It doesn't mean that there's no other options. It means we give you what the best practice is, and that yeah. is the best practice. So I think I think we'll move on from that though. Um, if you're on an after dark account, you know. And you see somebody else, you know, two other people, three other accounts that are, you know, in some kind of a group role play. That is just because you can see it doesn't mean that you can, you know, participate in it. Kind of treat everything almost like a voyeuristic activity unless you are, you know, given permission to kind of engage because you don't want to mess somebody's scene up. Right, exactly. I mean, this applies too if you just see people flirting back and forth. If two AD accounts that you follow are, sorry, are flirting with each other... Just because, again, just because you can see it doesn't mean you should insert yourself and, you know, make it a three-way, you know. That's mm-hmm. not really appropriate to do. Even if those people might otherwise engage with you one-on-one, mm-hmm. maybe that particular scene, they're just engaging with each other and that's how they want it. And you don't want to assume yeah. that you're welcome in that. I mean, I'll say, like, every now and then if I see two people kind of doing that, it's, you know, all we're playing, like, oh, you two are cute. And, you know, I think that's fine. Some people don't think that's fine. They're like, no, don't even, like, mention us. You know, just watch. Don't speak. I mean, it's, it's you know, use your own discretion. It's, you know. And maybe it's two people you've played with before. And you, you, you decide to be, you know, funny and say, like, you want, you know, need another, you need another sub or something like that. And, you yeah. know, toss, you toss yourself into the scene. That can be, if it's people, someone you know really well and, you know, both people are going to be okay with it, that's different. But, again, yeah. that, that requires some foreknowledge and some, some mm-hmm. familiarity with the individuals involved to know when that is or isn't appropriate. Yeah. So use your, you know, personal discretion and just don't, you know, I, I don't know, arbitrarily insert yourself into openings that don't exist. Unless that, that's something you're into and you're you're doing a scene. Yeah, in which case, <laughs> have fun. Please, please have fun. If you're creating openings that don't exist, that's a pretty hardcore, hardcore kink scene. You know, it's tell me more about it. No, I'm serious. Tell me more about it. Like, no, like, uh, digression for a quick second. I, I love learning about kinks and fetishes. Even if I think it, it squicks me out, I want to know about it. Because I'm just like, ooh, so there's a fetish about, like, you know, cutting somebody and then, ooh, okay, tell me more. Like, why? Oh. oh it's erotic about that. I, I yeah. find it fascinating, yeah. Yeah, like, will I do that? No. Will I participate in it? No. Will I learn about it? Oh, yeah. Please, tell me more about your kinks. I'm down to learn. <laughs> but maybe not so down to participate. But anywho. <laughs> so... Let's say, you know, yet again, Vera and I, you know, on our After Darks, we'll, we'll flirt with each other and it's fun. But, you know, let's say I were to be flirting with Vero and he's just like, no, no, no. Right. You, you fade every picture I post. You respond to every picture I post. You do this for like a few weeks, maybe a month, and you just never get any engagement from me at all. That means he's not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might mean that I'm not interested. And, you know, maybe if you're faving and, you know, replying to everything in an attempt, you know, for Senpai to notice you, Senpai is not going to notice you if it's been a few months, probably, so you should subdue yourself somewhere else. Um, if, if there's a failure to engage, you know, find greener pastures, you know, just because you think, oh my god, Vera would love my ass. I mean, he doesn't. It's not going to happen, probably. And that could be for a variety of reasons. Don't assume it's because you're not worth it or I'm not, like, I'm just not interested in you or I hate your guts. It could be that, you know, I'm just, you know, we, in our emotional balance episode, maybe I'm just at my emotional capacity right now 
and I'm not ready to take on a new person. You're polysaturated. Uh, maybe I'm polysaturated. Yeah, maybe I'm not just not looking for a new person right now. Maybe it's because you are connected to someone that I have a bad history with, and I don't want to engage for that reason. Yeah. Maybe it, it could be any number of things that have nothing to do with who you are as a person. So don't take it as oh, Vero hates me. Vero's you know Vero thinks I'm ugly. Vero thinks I'm unlovable. Because it's very you know frankly it's very rare that I would say oh yeah you're totally unlovable. I would never like even talk to you. You're you're trash. Um, that's not really how my my mo generally. Yeah. Um, but that said, I do have a type. I do have people that I am and I'm not sexually attracted to. And I'm not going to go out of my way to flirt and lead someone on if I don't find them attractive and won't want to do things with them. So. He's looking directly at me as he's saying all of that, everybody. Metrico, you're <laughs> cute. You're snuggly. Cry for me. <laughs> but no, I mean... In all seriousness, no. Yeah. Like, Metrico, like, like, we flirt in a, a humorous way, but yeah. at the end of the day, Metrico and I are both tops. So <laughs> there's yeah. that. Like, that, that could also be a reason. Like, if you try RPing a real Dami scene with me... That's not going to go anywhere because, guys, just pro tip, I'm not a sub. It, it, he and I, it would end in tears and probably some kind of shame in the last episode of this podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, for us, it's not going to happen, but that doesn't mean that I can't, like, joke around and be silly and cute with him because, I mean, he's adorable and I'm going to do that anyway. But, aw. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you want to make sure that you're not, you know, if somebody isn't replying to you, if somebody isn't giving you the time of day, and it's been a while, you know, move on. Find find somebody else to place your interest in. And, you know, it can seem like this arduous uphill task of like, oh my god, it's been months and nobody cares and nobody's noticed me. Well, it's after dark Twitter. Like, you'll find somebody else. You know, I hate to say it and be super dismissive, but you will. And the other thing is, like, again, no one owes you their nudes or their roleplay attention or sex or flirtation or getting you off or any of these things. Um, everyone's time is their own. Everyone's bodies are their own. Everyone's nude photos are their own. They don't owe you any of this stuff. If they're gracious enough to allow you to follow them and get off to their content, they're already doing you a favor. Mm -hmm. So don't then try to push your luck by demanding all these other things from them if they're not willing to to go there with you that's just not okay and you might think well they they're having they're you're yiffing all these other people why can't they yiff me well maybe they've got really great connections with all those people you don't know what those connections are maybe they you know they, you don't have no idea why they're intimate with certain people and not intimate with other people you can't assume that oh they're just open for business because they have sex with more than one person i you know you laugh yeah Metrico, i'm laughing but, but i see this all the it time happens, it happens to me all the time <laughs> Like, people see, see the word, that I'm polyamorous on my ED account's profile, and they think that means that I'm just open for business. Like, they can just, mm -hmm. like, lift their tail in front of me, and I'm good to go. And that is just not how I operate. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I am a fairly sexual person, and, like, I'm definitely not monogamous, um, but that doesn't mean I want to have sex with everybody. I'm actually a really sapiosexual person. I need to be really attracted to your intellect and to your personality, before I really want to engage sexually. There are very few people who I will engage sexually. I don't care how attractive they are. Because I'm not just looking for physical attra like, attraction. Yeah. That's, not, that's not how I engage sexually. What turns me on is partly uh, wanting to pleasure someone who I find mentally worthy. And mm -hmm. mentally, like, really, who engages me, turns my crank. And part, that's a huge part of my sex drive. So if I don't, if you're not the type of person who I really feel that kind of connection with, oh, man, I really want to get you off because I think you're awesome, um, then I'm not going to want to. And that's, yeah. not, that's not because I don't think you're worthy of sex or worthy of love, it just means that's not what does it for me. And again, 
we talked about in our rejection uh, episode, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but me, you know, rejecting you doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It's all rejection says something about me. When I reject someone, all it says is something about me. It doesn't say, really say anything about you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's especially on After Dark Twitter, you don't want to take anything too personally. If somebody isn't engaging with you, that's just how it is. You know, you're selling something that maybe they just don't want to buy, and that's on them. They don't want it. It isn't that it's not good. It's just. They're not interested. So you don't want to, I mean, if you think of yourself as a brand, like I've, we mentioned this several in, in a previous episode um, about how you represent yourself online, you know, even your After Dark account is a brand and you want to make sure that you're marketing your brand to people that are interested. If you just constantly throw yourself at somebody that just does not care, it's like, when like politicians telemarket to you know call you up and like are you going to vote for this candidate and you're like no way in hell and they're like okay we'll call you back tomorrow hope you change your mind it's annoying isn't it think about that in terms of an after dark you know it's if you're throwing yourself at the feet of you know somebody that doesn't really have an interest in you it's just kind of like well this is unfortunate and I'm sorry, but no. And if you keep doing it, then at the end of the day, they're probably just going to block you because there's no other recourse. And there's also the fact, keep in mind, that desperation is not attractive on anyone. No. Um, it just isn't attractive. So, no. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I've had people, I'll be honest, I, I infrequently use my after dark. And when I do, it's, you know, every now and then I'll get a message and it's just like, I would do anything. And it's just like, that's kind of creepy. That's kind of desperate kind of scares me i mean unless you're in a, in a ds dynamic and that then maybe that's hot but it's not a great first message to send yeah the, the i've i've that's that's the most common first message message that i get i'm just like not even that cute but like the the other one that i get tends to be like show me blank like somebody making a request and i'm like no and i actually did receive a message where somebody was asking for something specific and i'm like i'm not going to do that and then their response back to me was just, bitch. And I'm just like, oh, so it's going to be like that, huh? So you don't want, yet again, it goes back to, you're not entitled to anything. You're not entitled to their nudes, their, you know, role play, anything like that. You're also not entitled to their affection. So just because somebody lets you see their dick doesn't mean that you're going to get it. Exactly. And, you know, another thing to keep in mind here, too, is like, again, just... Let's, the marketing example is a good, good one. Let's, let's say that you're, you're, a, you're Diet Coke and you're marketing yourself as Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. And maybe that person loves Diet Coke, but they're just not thirsty right now. So you, throw, <laughs> you throwing yourself at them when they aren't thirsty is <laughs> just going to make you look bad. And they're going to, they're going to, if they just see tons of Diet Coke ads and they're not thirsty, they're going to be like, man, I'm getting sick of all these Diet Coke ads. But when they see that Diet Coke ad when they're thirsty, then they're going to go get a Diet Coke. Damn, they're going to have thirsty. A, they're going to have a long drink of that Diet Coke. I think I think I said on me, me, Toma, that I'm always hangry and sometimes thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, it's it's an apt thing. Like if some somebody's not thirsty for you, I don't know. Like that's just how don't, it is. Don't read too much in it. Wait, just find someone who's more interested. That's yeah. all it takes. Sorry, you know, some people prefer Doctor, Pe- you know, Doctor Pepper to Diet Coke. You're you're not either one of them. You're Sprite. Find somebody that likes Sprite. I mean, you know, it, we're getting kind of dangerous in terms of like <laughs> of our. We've tortured this metaphor pretty pretty so... far, but yes. 
Anyhow, I think, you know, since we've butchered that, we'll, we'll just go ahead and move on. When, when and what is appropriate to share on your After Dark? Metrico, that's a fantastic question. Now, this is also really important to think about when you're involving uh, images and content that includes more than just you. Because some people just like showing off when they're pawing or you know mm-hmm. taking selfies, and that's one legitimate use of an After Dark. But some people also want to tweet about their exploits. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It depends on what does an after dark mean for you. What do you want to get out of it? You know, what what enjoyment do you want? What fulfillment? Is everything okay, Fox? All right, just making sure. For the record, Fox was making some pretty seriously goofy faces. Yeah, I was I was terrified there for a second. I was I was secretly terrified. I'm like, oh god, I know the show is quasi scripted, but oh god. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's we want to make sure, you know, when you have an after dark account that you're sharing things that are appropriate and you're not overstepping any boundaries. Right. So you don't want to um, touch muzzles and tell um, <laughs> with people <laughs> who without their permission. Um, you know, you want to make sure that if you're, you know, meeting up with someone, hooking up at a con, that you don't tweet, oh, I just had a really amazing gif with this really hot person so-and-so, if so-and-so <laughs> doesn't want you talking about the sex you're having with them um, in public. That might not be cool with them. Yeah. That might make them feel slutty or make them feel ashamed or make them feel called out or whatever. And so you want to make sure, hey, is it cool if I tweet about this on our after dark, on my after dark? You know, that's a question you can ask. No? Okay. Cool. And then you don't tweet about it. Or maybe you tweet, like, I just had mind-blowing sex. With a, with a cutie at the con. And yeah. you don't say who it is. And that's fine. Yeah. But, you know. you I mean, you know, in, in mundane terms, you know, don't kiss and tell without permission. Yes, I first figured it up a little bit. Oh, my God. You, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> we got to censor that word. Ooh. But, no. I, I mean, for real. It was... Uh, you, you you don't want to, as Vera put it, you know, you don't want to smush muzzles and talk about it without permission. Like, if if you put somebody's penis in your mouth, don't don't talk about it unless they tell you you can. It's it's kind of a social contract. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that that definitely translates into not just talking about, but also if you took pictures during some awesome if time you had with someone, uh, don't share those photos without the other person's permission. And if they do give you permission, you want to distinguish whether you have permission just to share naughty bits or whether you have permission to share full body photos, because that's a huge difference for a lot of people. Especially the face. Like, there are people that are like, you can show me from, like, the neck down, but, like, if you put my face in there, I swear to God, I will punch you in the taint. Like, I will track you down and just grundle punch. Like... You don't... A grunch? A grunch? Yeah, a grunch. You're a mean one, Mr. Grunch. Is it bad that I think that sounds like a Pokemon move? <laughs> like, at what, at what level does a panda learn uh, that move? You haven't even seen my final form. That's <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like a level 80 move, isn't that it? That is a level 80 that's move. That's like a power like, 100, like auto yeah. hit, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's, it's one hit KO, yeah. like, grunch. I got, like, two power points for it. I'm going to use it against Misty because Misty... I don't like you. I don't like you with your goddamn star, you star me. Mm-mm, it's all about me, not you. You know what it is. Grunch punch. Any star, you star, you have, like... Five possible areas to hit the well, grunch. Well, no, it's it's like the star you has five, and then the star me like duplicates it. So then it's like raised by the power of I don't care. I'm gonna punch you. <laughs> God 
Damn it. And you just know that there's someone in the fandom who's currently thirsty for Grunch Punch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, kinda, it's like Jonestown. <laughs> don't don't take the Grunch Punch. <laughs> Do you guys want to go out for a Grunch this weekend? Uh. <laughs> it's it's kind of like Squanch from... <laughs> Uh, what's, oh. what's the word in Philadelphia? Um, there's there's a word in Philly that's kind of like squanch. I'll have to look it up. It's 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 John, um, J A W N. Look it up. It's actually really cool. Anywho, oh. sorry. That was an aside. On an aside. On an aside. <laughs> I, the, honestly, this is what talking to me is like. That had more sides than a star me. <laughs> oh God, uh. kill me, grunt. My grunt muscle. <laughs> but no, like, it's true. Um, it did have more sides than a star you. Um, <laughs> like, the thing is, is that you don't want to post... Pic- like, there are people that have identifiable tattoos. You know, some people have, you know... You can tell it's them based off, like, how their body looks. You want to make sure that you have permission to say, Can I show pictures of your face? How about that sweet-ass tattoo of a tiger you got? Maybe, you know... No? Okay, cool. Then I won't. I'll only show a picture of your butthole. Very close up, zoomed in. Like, all pixelated. And if they say you can take photos, but they are only for personal use, just to be clear, personal use means they don't go on fucking Twitter. And if they go on Twitter, you're a bad person. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you don't you do not do that kind of shit. Like, it's cool to take pictures of yourself, but it's not cool to take pictures of other people and share them without permission. Don't do it. Don't post them. And even moving beyond that, if somebody you follow on, let's say that you follow somebody on 80 and they post pictures and you're like, oh my God, that's hot. Don't save them like offline. Don't, you know, save them with the intent to repost them to another website. You might, it might be harmless, but at the same time, that can a damage your relationship. Let's say that your partner goes snooping. Like, Why the hell do you have all these naked pictures of somebody on your phone? Like that might be kind of a deal breaker for your relationship. If you haven't, you know, discussed, you know, what porn is in your relationship and what role it plays. Or it could be, you know, a situation where let's say that your phone gets stolen or, you know, you're at a con and somebody is like, Hey, let me use your phone really quick. And then they see all these pictures and then they forward them somewhere. Don't put yourself in that position. If somebody posts something on Twitter, leave it on Twitter. Don't take it anywhere else without permission. So yeah, my, my general policy on that is I don't save pictures from AD account unless one of a few different conditions is met. It's someone that I've slept with and taken pictures of myself in a different context. Mm-hmm. And I know it's okay with them because I've taken pictures of myself and I've got permission that way. Or it's someone who I asked permission. I've just said, hey... Your photos are really hot. Do you mind if I save a couple of those? Which is actually a pretty hot and flattering thing to ask someone. Yeah. And most people are gonna, who are okay with you saving the picture are be like, oh, wow, thanks for asking. That's really hot. Now now they're going to think that you're pawing off to them, and that's probably going to turn them on quite a bit. And so. then they post more pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so you get permission. You know, make sure, make sure that you have, you know, some kind of a rule in place where if I want to save something that somebody's posting, how am I going to go about doing that without being an unethical dick? Right, exactly. And you know, we talked about this uh, before, you know, where, what's not appropriate to share, but so I hit it one more time here. You know, don't kink or slut shame people on your AD account. You know, just because you think someone is sleeping around um, doesn't really give you a right to call them out for it on, on an AD account. Um, mm-hmm. You don't really have the right to say, oh, so, so-and-so is tweeting about this kink, I don't like, it's so gross, yuck, yuck, yuck. 
Um, you know, again, if you're following that or it's being you know, retweeted into your timeline, you know, you don't have to look at it. You, you can just you can just quietly say, oh, that's not my thing and move on. You don't have to comment on it. It's just going to ruin someone else's day. It doesn't really solve anything. You have no right to control what other people post, frankly. So if you don't like what their content is, um, you can hit the unfollow button or the mute button. Those are your options. You don't get to tell people not to tweet about their kinks or not to tweet about uh, the sex they're having or any of those sorts of things. Just because you don't want to see it or it makes you feel insecure or it makes you feel grossed mm-hmm. out does not mean you get to control someone else's enjoyment of AD Twitter. I'm going to say this and it's going to sound bitchy. But do not, on an account where you have posted pictures of your asshole, talk about people having, criticize people, I should say, for having too much sex at a con. And, oh, well, I don't like going to conventions because people have too much sex there and they're too enthusiastic about it. If you have issues with people having sex, don't have an After Dark account because it's pretty much about sex. It's kind of like if you don't like swimming, don't go into the pool. If you don't like tacos, don't go to Taco Bell. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going to dislike what you're surrounded by because it's your own damn fault. If you don't like what you're, you know, subscribed to, unsubscribe or maybe consider deleting your account if you're not comfortable with other people enjoying sex without your permission. Right. The thing you have control over on AD Twitter is you. You do not have control over anyone else. You have control over you. So if you don't like something, you can remove yourself from it. And that is your option. Just like nobody owes you pictures of, you know, their dick. Nobody owes you the right, you know, for you to dictate what they post on their accounts. As long as it isn't pictures of, you know, you. Like, you can ask somebody to remove something as long as you can identify, like, hey, you posted a picture of me. I don't like that. Can you please remove it? You can't say, you've posted a lot of pictures of your dick. It makes me very uncomfortable. Could you please remove it? No, you're an idiot. Goodbye. I had someone tell me that I was retweeting too much quote-unquote social justice warrior bullshit <laughs> on my AD account. Oh, And yes. could I please stop? <laughs> um, my response to that person was a uh, very, you know, I'm a very non-confrontational person, Metrico, so my response was go fuck yourself. Yeah. And after tweeting go fuck yourself at this person, I then proceeded to block them. So... That is my response when someone tries controlling what I post on my account. Um, you yeah. might you might be slightly less aggressive, but um, yeah, I don't tolerate that kind of bullshit because it's my account. If you don't like it, I'm not. Wow, I'm sorry. Was I distracting from my dick by tweeting something meaningful? I'm I'm really sorry about that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. Go go fuck yourself. And what's funny is the content that they were objecting to was me retweeting uh, feral attraction into my ID because I feel like people follow me on my ID might actually benefit from. Some sex advice now and then, based on what I've seen on my ID account. Go figure. <laughs> so yeah, um, but yeah, that's exactly it. So don't mm-hmm. don't try to control other people's posts. It's not going to yeah. get taken well. Custom tailor your Twitter experience by doing it yourself. Don't make other people do it for you. If you can't do it yourself, get off of Twitter. Twitter is not your safe space, but you do get to control the content that you're subscribed to. Change the channel. The reason that I'm saying this is because we do see people do this. If you do this consciously where you say, well, I don't want to talk about it that much, but people have too much sex and talk about it on their after darks. Well, cool. 
they're doing what they want to do on an account that's dedicated. That's like getting pissed off that Playboy sometimes pick, has pictures of areolas. Like, get over yourself. You're not that cute. Well, also, who who gets to decide what too much sex is? Matthew? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was unaware that you were, you know, the decider for the furry fandom. Like, oh, I'm sorry. You suck 36 dicks in a row. Like, you're a whore. Like, no, you don't get to decide that. It's 37, goddammit. And you don't know what the circumstances were. Maybe they were at a play party where everybody had their blood work done immediately before the convention. Everyone had, you know, I mean, you might say, oh, they're really risky and unsafe and they're doing everything wrong. You don't know what the context was. Like, don't judge people. You know nothing about the entire situation unless you know the entire situation. So keep your big ass nose out of it. If If you were part of it, like, you would have been invited. Don't try to make yourself a part of it after the fact because you're jealous that... People are getting someone. You got none. Right. Most of that stuff is driven by envy and jealousy at the end of the day. And it's just not attractive. <laughs> and we have an entire podcast dedicated to that. Right. So. <laughs> and, and hey, if you have the question, this is totally legitimate. If you feel, hey, I like my ID account. It really turns me out sometimes. But sometimes I feel really envious and jealous yeah. when I look at my ID account. That's a legitimate thing. And we can help you work through that. That's yeah. totally fine. But don't take that envy and jealousy and turn it into a weapon that you, you kind of you know, launch at people for posting content that you don't appreciate in the moment because that's not really fair to them don't shame people for enjoying you know sex that gets back to the idea of owning your shit yeah precisely and if you 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 misappropriate your discomfort your jealousy your envy if you displace it on somebody else you're you you've got no control over your life and if if you struggle with that and you know you're you want advice please ask us like i promise not to grunge punch you but if you go about this knowing, like, well, I understand why I'm doing this, but I'm still going to do it anyway, then you got an appointment with me. I'll get a doctorate. Give me 10 years. So, don't kink shame. Don't slut shame. Like, if you don't like something, don't follow it. I do that all the time, where I'm like, hey, this person seems cool. Oh, God, no. Not for me, no. Not for panda eyes. Like Another thing you can do is use lists. So I, yeah. I use lists on my ID account. I have lists of people who I want to see at their tweets, and a list of people who maybe I follow for one reason or another. Maybe I talk to them. Maybe I engage with mm-hmm. them for some other reason, but I don't want to see every post they make because I'm not attracted to the kink they're into or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You can customize your experience that way, too. You might have different lists for different purposes, yeah. and that's fine as well. Yeah, so I mean... Don't make their enjoyment about your displeasure, you know? That's just a general rule of thumb. And you've got lots of options. Unfollowing, muting, using lists, tons of ways of managing your content. So make sure you're using all of your skills and abilities and not just putting it on other people. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Like, that, that's, you know, that's a, I think that that's really it for etiquette. Like, I mean, there are a lot of do's and don'ts, and it seems kind of, you know, silly, and we're being kind of mismanners about porn. But... The last point that I'll make is kind of an obvious one, um, but I think a lot of people do miss this particular step, and it didn't make it into our show notes, but maybe we'll add it ex post facto here. Maybe. Uh, but uh, don't necessarily lead with RP if you don't know if someone is looking for RP, Yeah. Um, which I think is a point we missed, but um, it just occurred to me while we were finishing up, I want to make sure we got to that before we uh, flipped over to doing our questions. Um, but yeah, if you, uh, you know, if you are an RP account and you know, it's, you want to have that kind of interaction with someone, that's great, but you can always ask like, Hey, I do an RP right now. Are you up for RP? Um, asking someone if they're up for it is a much better approach than saying, you know, pads over to you and sniffs your, uh, <laughs> junk before taking it into my muzzle. Cause that's a bit of a, that's a bit of an aggressive way to get started. If someone's not into you or not really looking for sex or looking for that kind of interaction right now. They don't want to hear about their junk going into your orifice, your orify before 
uh, you guys even got to know each other a little bit. So that's really um, pretty not okay to do. Um, it's definitely okay to ask, but uh, don't just assume that RPing is okay because not everyone's looking for that. And if they are looking for it, they're not always looking for it all the time. Yeah, and don't get offended if like somebody's like, yeah, this is an RP account, and then they're like, I don't want to RP with you. Like, sorry, you know, maybe I've got too many stories going on right now that maybe in the future... You know, treat it like everything else. You know, don't treat it like rejection. Treat it like, oh my God, like it, they can't pay the proper attention to me. Like, thank you for being so considerate. Well, and the other the other consideration there is keep in mind what we talked about earlier with people having different relationship terms. Yeah. If you don't know what someone's terms are, you leading with RP might actually be kind of involuntarily making that person cheat. Yeah. Uh, and that's not okay to do to that person either. Because then if their partner comes through and sees sees you doing that to them in their DMs or something. They're going to get upset because, hey, I thought I thought we said we didn't do this. And they're like, oh, I, I didn't I didn't ask them to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they're doing. So you're putting that person in potentially a really compromised position. So make sure you know what their terms are and what mm -hmm. the boundaries are before you just kind of thrust your way in there. And that's actually a good point as well. Asking people what their boundaries are um, before flirting or asking to do things with them. Um, if you don't know if someone has made it or not, um, if you don't know if someone has made it or not, um, ask if they're made it or not. Yeah. Um, if you don't know, hey, okay, you're made. What are you allowed to? Are you allowed to flirt? Are you allowed to RP? Are you allowed to? You know, what are you allowed to do here? Um, that's a really th important thing to ask. Don't make assumptions about what's okay to do. Yeah, think about the way that you would like to be treated, and you know, treat. I mean, we've mentioned the golden rule, the platinum rule, all of the different rules, but ultimately, it boils down to: if you're in a relationship, would you prefer for people to kind of ask you a question if they're allowed to do something with you? Or would you prefer for them to just do it without permission and ask for forgiveness? Like, now, obviously, you want them to, like, ask if they can do it. So don't lead off with anything that would be construed as being hyper-aggressive because that's going to... You're not going to get the response that you want all the time. You might get it sometimes, but even if it's an RP account, don't, you know... There's, there's um on Grindr especially, there's all of these, like, super masked doms that always lead off with, like... You will address me as sir, and like they, they not even a hello, just like as soon as they see that you're into like DS as like a, a, a submissive, they're just like, well, I'm gonna be your new dom, and it's like, well, we haven't talked about it, but I guess we are, you know? No, obviously yeah. not. You're blocked. So. Right, and also again, just because it's eighty Twitter, don't think it's okay to leave this just a DM to dick pic. Again, <laughs> some people. Some people don't. They use they, they use AD Twitter and they share stuff, but they don't receive. And again, you could be violating somebody's relationship terms by DMing them a dick pic. Yeah. So you want to make sure you're asking things about before just doing that. Uh, you know, hey, is it cool if I send you some pics? It would be a legit question to ask. Don't just do it. Yeah. I mean, I know that we talk about, like, relationships. And, like, even on Twitter, following somebody is a type of relationship. You know, it's it's platonic a lot of the time but there is a contract that goes into it albeit you know more of a social one you want to make sure that you're not violating any terms of you know what would be acceptable part of that is if you're going to do something that could be construed as possibly controversial possibly a rule breaker possibly cheating you want to make sure that you have permission from them express enthusiastic consent to do it and I know some people think that that can be taken to an extreme, but I'm referring in cases where, you know, you're going to be talking about, you know, sexual content. You know, you're going to be showing pictures of your dick. You know, maybe you're going to be role-playing some crazy, hot, fetishy, awesome scene, but they're not allowed to, and you lead off with it, and then all of a sudden they feel trapped because they don't want to disappoint you, but they also don't want to cheat. 
You don't want to put people in predicaments where they're forced to violate some kind of a contract. Right. Either they're letting you down or, or they're letting their partner down. Yeah. You don't want to put someone in that position because when people are put in that position, they often make a really horrible choice and end up letting their partner down because it's the person who's not right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And that can destroy people's lives. Just not to put too fine a point on it, but that can yeah. really destroy people's lives. So don't do not do that. Don't put them in that position. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, we like to say, you know, trust but verify is another really important thing to talk about. So, yeah. you know, when you ask somebody and you say, oh, you're made it. That's awesome. What's your mate okay with? Oh, that's great. You're, I'm allowed to RP with you. Oh, it's, we can trade pics. That's fantastic. Do you mind if I shoot them a quick message asking them if that's okay? Mm-hmm. And if they say, no, I prefer you not... That's a red flag. Get out, get out, get out, because that's going to be a drama bomb you don't want to be part of. Even even if they do have permission, if there is an immediate shutdown where, like, no, I'd rather you not talk with my mate about this, I mean, that's that's troubling. Like, it very much so Now, is. some people do have a don't ask, don't tell policy. Yeah. And that's legit. If someone says, oh, we have a don't ask, don't tell policy, then you have to decide whether you trust that that's true mm-hmm. or whether you don't. And then you have to live the consequences. If it ends up not being true, that's you decide, You made your choice. You have to deal yeah. with the drama that ensues from that. So, you know, only accept liability that you're willing to actually accept. You know, going back to the whole decatastrophizing. Oh my god, I screwed that one up, didn't I? Decatastrophizing. Yep, I was like, decatastrophizing. Decatastrophizing. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I sound like Porky Pig right now. Going back to that, you know, it's... You want to make sure that you're okay with the worst possible outcome of any given situation. And if the worst possible outcome is you accidentally enabled cheating, are you going to be okay with that? If not, maybe you don't proceed. And, you know, that's just cost of business. And there's, you know, some level of risk. I mean, I think most people will agree that if, if you ask just the person you're interacting with, that is technically speaking sufficient. You've done your due diligence by making mm-hmm. sure it's okay with that person. I think... And going the extra mile to ask that person's other partner or other partners is a really great idea, but that's kind of like going beyond the gold standard. The gold standard is still just asking the person you're interacting with. Mm -hmm. But again, just to to prevent the potentiality of extra drama that you don't need in your life, it's always a good idea to say, hey, your mate's really hot. Is it cool if we have a little RP session? Like, yeah. That, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's a, that's a fair question to ask. And if they're really okay with it, asking shouldn't be a big deal. They'll be like, oh, yeah, man, that's totally awesome. You know, maybe we can play some time or whatever. Like, they'll have a perfectly fine, like, you know, interaction. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And if they're not okay with it, wouldn't you rather know they're not okay with it? Yeah. So asking questions, it's healthy. Ask questions before you proceed because if you realize after the fact that you made a mistake, I mean, you don't want to... I, I don't know if I've heard of somebody regretting asking too many questions before getting into a situation. Sometimes after the fact, you know, they regret asking questions about, like, certain circumstances. But, you know, if you ask questions like, is it cool? Is your mate okay with this? Can I ask them? Oh, they're cool too? Okay, cool. So this is my penis. <laughs> like, what do you think? I mean, maybe maybe that's a question you don't want to ask. <laughs> like, because it's like, oh... But I mean, ask questions, verify information before you proceed into something, you know, make sure that you're not just, you know, with reckless abandon going into a situation you're going to regret. So I think on that note, now that, you know, and for the record, I did add that part into our show notes. Um, that's actually a good point. I'm surprised we didn't think of it. Yeah, we kind of dropped that by mistake. Yeah, I'm glad that you did. Um <laughs> 
you know, it's it's that's that's after dark Twitter etiquette. You know, it's there are probably more areas that we just didn't cover because, I mean, this is kind of the meat of it. There there are always going to be contingencies, things of that nature. And if you think that we missed something that you'd like for us to talk about, let us know. You know, it's we're always open to suggestions and criticisms. Oh, one more thing: don't spam file requests to people. That too. <laughs> We'll see if I keep coming up with any more of these while we, while, while, while Magico says we're done. Yeah. For another third time. This is actually his fetish and I can't say anything because <laughs> I can't kink shame. God damn it. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, you know, it's true. If you just spam follow everybody, it's going to be kind of like, hey, who is this person? I don't know. He has to follow me. And if someone rejects you once, don't try again every day for the next three weeks. You might try again in like a couple of months, but don't try again every mm-hmm. few days because that's really awkward. And if somebody adds you and then removes you because they realize that, you know, they added you by mistake. Or you're just not a match. Uh, don't, for whatever reason. Don't message them, like, anywhere. for it, yeah. Like, why did you unfollow me? Why? Do you think I'm not cute? Oh, you're a whore. Like, don't do that. Don't do that. Treat treat everybody kindly. If somebody doesn't... Be ha- yeah, be happy they gave you a chance at all, right? Yeah. I mean... I've had arguments with people where they've removed me from their accounts entirely. And I'm just like, okay, cool. That's how they're going to do it. And that's the, the it's a cost of business. Cause like I let people follow me. And if I decide the content isn't for me, I'm going to want to follow. And that doesn't mean that I'm rejecting them as a person. It just means that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, I mean, don't get too caught up in like, Oh, I have to, you know, I have to have you follow me. And if you don't follow me, like it goes back to, you don't need to seek validation over how many accounts that you follow and how many accounts follow you. It's an arbitrary number. And if you're really that desperate to see people naked, um, go anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We got you covered. So. Okay, I'm done with my little interjections now. We can move on to our question. Our question kind of sort of ties into a little bit of everything that we've spoken about. And this is a question that we got through Twitter, and we're, we're withholding the name uh, by request. And... The, the, the situation, you know, the question kind of boils down to this, you know. My ex and I entered into a DS master pet style relationship without setting boundaries. Now that the relationship is over, I'm still having problems getting over it. Like, what should I do? I'm still in love with my ex. Now, one thing I'm going to lead off with here is um, speaking as someone who has a lot of experience with DS relationships, um, is that... Um, relationships of that nature can be really, really intimate, almost on a level way more intimate than mm-hmm. uh, a normal egalitarian style relationship can be. Because the connection you experience when you're in a DS relationship is a really, really, I almost want to say it's kind of like a sacred bond. It can get really, really t- t- uh, intimate. And especially in, in this case, if there's not a lot of boundaries being expressed, um, it can become almost a codependent relationship as well, where your emotions get really wrapped up in each other and you basically almost stop being individual people. And that can be really heady and really amazing when it's new relationship energy and everything's going mm-hmm. well and you're just enjoying the kink and you're just constantly, you know, feeding off of each other's sexual energy and you're, you know, the submission and the domination are really mm-hmm. feeding off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be an amazing feeling. But when the you know, rose-tinted glasses come off and the relationship has to stand on its own merits as a relationship, as just, you got who's doing the dishes tonight. Yeah. Um, once that phase happens, it can be really tough to um, to deal with that. And you, again, if the relationship ends, you're going to miss that feeling of that really amazing connection for a very long time. So I, I completely empathize with the asker here about, you know, I really miss my ex. Because in this mm-hmm. type of dynamic, it's, 
it's really hard to find and it's really a horrible thing to lose sometimes. So that being said, there there are a lot of problem flags that that came about with this question and I kind of want to address them all and before I even get into that, I'm just going to kind of make a minor statement where if you're in a DS or master pet relationship where finances are involved, you need to have something written down in paper, notarized, signed, all of that. If there is a financial transaction where, let's say, the DOM is responsible for all of your money, once that relationship ends, you want to make sure that you get your money back. Make sure you have something in writing that specifies this. Just... I've seen this happen before. It ends really nastily. Make sure that you have a way to separate your finances. It's almost like I call it a pre-pop, which you want <laughs> you want a pre-pop. So, you know, it's it's just take that into consideration. But that goes into the whole issue where the the, the person, the, the individual who asked this question went into this relationship without setting any boundaries. And that's really bad, I'm sorry to say. Especially for someone who I think... The context here, I believe, was the person was inexperienced with... This was their their first. Yeah, so in that situation, too, uh, really advanced practitioners of DS play can sometimes get away without having a master-slave or a a owner-pet or whatever you want to call it contract. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not recommend first-timers not go without the master-slave or owner-pet or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it contract because... In that contract, lots of things happen. One of them is, what are the DOM's responsibilities towards the sub? What are the sub's responsibilities towards the DOM? And also a huge component is, what are the conditions for this relationship being over? How does this relationship end? Yeah. Um, and all those things should be written down. That should all be a component of a really good mm-hmm. um, owner-pet or master-slave contract. It, you're also able to establish, like, what are the what's the balance of, like, play versus, like, actual like uh equivalency right so what is and also what is the sub's recourse for having grievances addressed because if you you do decide to 24 7 your dynamic people do that they lifestyle ds oh yeah Um, and koji and i have uh technically speaking we do lifestyle rts relationship though Mm -hmm. i think we take a pretty light touch to it in general um Mm -hmm. for the most part because koji and i have a really good relationship and we kind of just know what's okay and what isn't most of the time. I don't really have to order him around the house. It's kind of silly at this point to think about. <laughs> but, like, Koji is theoretically submissive towards me. And when he's having an issue with me, our policy is we have the ability to say a specific word that enables our DS dynamic to be suspended. And Koji and I can engage with each other as an egalitarian <laughs> couple where we can just talk about issues and address them as equals. And that's really important for us because we want to make... Sometimes, you know, we will just address an issue as a DS. I'll just say, nope, Koji, that's the end of it. We're moving on. And he respects that because he's mm-hmm. a submissive partner. But if he doesn't, isn't okay with that and it's something that's important to him, he'll say, egal, which is our command word for like, no, 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 we need to actually talk about this. Mm-hmm. So that's super important. And a lot of people have that kind of thing where they have a way of stepping out of their DS mm-hmm. dynamic. And if you don't have that recourse, you're potentially in for a really bad time. It's important to have safe words not only for sex, but if you're in this type of a relationship, you have, I think, I think uh, Koji actually was talking to me about this. You have like an argument safe word where if you're having an argument and you're in this, you know, style, kind of, you know, just what Vera said, have a word that says we need to break what we have right now to actually talk about this, like eye to eye, because this is, this is really super duper important, you know, 
I'm not going to accept no for an answer on this. Like, we need to talk about this like individuals, not as a master slave or a master pet, that sort of thing. Now, if you're leaning on that safe word every five minutes and using it as a crutch to kind of escape from your dynamic, then of course you might not even need want to be in this dynamic to begin with. This should be yeah. a use, this is a use sparingly sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but you want to make sure you have that. So you know, make sure that you have safe words and understanding and boundaries and a written contract, like. It's important. It, it sounds really silly, like you're getting into a business venture. But you, a DS relationship, kind of, you know, what Vera was saying earlier, there's, it can be some of the most intimate. And intense. And you want to make sure that you have something that's able to be referenced. You don't want anything verbal. You want something, let's say that, you know, you're the dom and the sub breaks a rule. You can say, you violated this rule. How are we going to handle this? Is this something that, you know, constitutes... Uh, you know, an end of the relationship. What what do we do from here? You know, it's you want to have that because there will be times, especially if you're new, where they're going to you're going to realize that there are boundaries that you might have set that you can't uphold. You want to make sure that you give yourself recourse. You don't want to kind of paint yourself into a corner of your DS relationship. Make sure that you just have that conversation before you even get in. And if you just dive right into the kink pool, like, more power to you, but you're going to have a negative experience more times than not. You know, I'm not saying you need to go to a workshop, but I am saying that you need to just kind of have a plan for the relationship, especially for things like this, where oftentimes it's not meant, relationships like this tend to not always last. Do you need a way for it to end gracefully without it exploding, you know? Right. And also, you know, write in a check-in period. We're going to check in with each other every month or every mm-hmm. three, two weeks or whatever and see how the relationship is going. And maybe that's a phase in which you're allowed to edit the contract. Yeah. Um, and that can also be really helpful to do. So, I mean, we're kind mm-hmm. of not entirely addressing the questioner here because we're just, we're probably, this is maybe how you could have made the situation better in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but if it, going forward in your next relationships, try to maybe do some of these things so that you're not having quite yeah. such the bad time you're having right now. Yeah. Um, but now to address the other part of the question, what do they do about the fact that they can't get over this person? So a little bit more context. Um, once this individual broke up, they kept in contact with their ex. And that's a no, 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 no. Well, I mean... Uh, when when we were having a conversation, you know, it's I immediately said, listen to our breakup episode. There's a reason that, you know, we say when you break up with somebody, give yourself some space. Give both of you need space. And it's because of situations like this where maybe in this case, the Dom broke up with him. And now, you know, he's still carrying that flame. You know, every time he's online, hey, I'm going to talk with my ex. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look at art of my ex. I'm going to no, don't do that. Separate yourself entirely and give yourself time to heal. If you don't do that, that flame is never going to go out. And when you want to have a new relationship, you're just going to be comparing everybody with your ex and it's not going to be, you know, gracious. It's going to be, well, my ex did this and they do that. And I don't like that because I love my ex. No, get over your ex. You're no longer together. Give yourself space. And, you know, maybe you really care about your ex and you want to be friends with them, but that's not something you can do immediately after a breakup because you're still too emotionally invested in that person. You need to let the emotions cool off and to come back with fresh eyes after you've officially gotten over that person. And ideally, maybe even after you've already been through another you know, relationship or at least had mm-hmm. some more relationship experience since to help you get over that person. Um, often, you know, there's kind of a silly truism that people say the best way to get over someone is to get under someone. 
Um, in some ways, that can be true. Um, if you are finally able to the point where you're able to form a new connection with someone and not feel really like put off by the fact that you're able to form that new connection, that's probably when you're in the right mindset to be able to start talking to your ex again because mm-hmm. now you're officially over that person and now you could try to establish a friendship. But yeah. you want to get to that point where you could see yourself being with someone else before you get back mm-hmm. talking to your ex. You you want to make sure that, and and this is you know going back to the the, the individual who asked the question, if you're not allowing yourself to give space, you know, to your ex, and you're not granting yourself the ability to heal, you you shouldn't be looking for a new relationship, and that that's kind of the crux of it. If you haven't healed, you know, if you haven't given yourself the time to kind of get over the fact that you are now single, then if you get into another relationship, it's going to, you're going to have a bad time. It's not going to end very well. You know, it's, it's give yourself that time. If you're still kind of caught up on your ex, you don't introduce a new person to the mix. It's going to just complicate things in a very negative way for you. So just don't do that. I mean, it's it's a really bad idea. I can't stress that enough. It it's a terrible idea. So in the future, when you go to these relationships, you know, have a contract, have boundaries, have safe words. You know, if you're unfamiliar with the type of lifestyle that you're wanting to enter into, do some research, ask other people some questions. Don't just balls deep it, you know, dry run. Don't don't lube yourself up first and you know, make sure that you're not going to hurt yourself. And uh, just one other thing I'll say is that if you're dealing dealing with uh, dominance and submission in a polyamory context, um, we'll probably we're going to address that on the show at some point. It's one, it's, we have actually a series of episodes on uh, BDSM that we're planning in the near future. Mm-hmm. Which we have like a BDSM month plan. It's going to be glorious. I'm excited. But, uh, until then, you might want to check out a really great book written by uh, a cool guy named Raven Caldera called Power Circuits which is about doing a BDSM in a polyamory context. So you, that would be a very good resource to check out in the meantime. Yeah, so it's, you know, I know that it seems like we're kind of, you know, speaking down on, you know, the question or, you know, speaking ill of the, you know, individual who asked the question. But really, you know, there's a safe way to kink. There's a safe way to DS. There's a safe way to do all of this. And we're here to kind of, you know, give best practice. Best practice in this case is what we've specified. And, you know, read literature and educate yourself about the community. Because what's really cool about fetishes, especially when it comes to BDSM, is that there is an entire community of people that are willing to help you out. If you are unfamiliar or unsure of something, if, you know, you want to get into rope play but you think it's dangerous, there are people out there that will show you the light you know, th- there will be a coming to Jesus moment, and then they'll show you how to tie rope. Like, it's it's going to be great. Ask questions. Be willing to make mistakes, but make mistakes responsibly. That's really the crux of it. Sex is messy. It's, I mean, sex is kind of gross if you think about it. But have fun with it, because if you're not having fun with it, you're doing it wrong. And in this case, unfortunately, it sounds like by rushing into it, you've ruined it for yourself. So, in the future, be patient and don't just run headlong into it. So, hopefully that kind of addresses, you know, the the question. I know that we touched on things, you know, other than the question, but 
it's important for everybody to know. You know, BDSM is, I mean, while there are a lot of resources, I mean, especially within the fandom, I don't really see much offered, you know? It seems like there there's definitely a BDSM fur, like, population, but it's not a very vocal or, you know, public one. Right, exactly. So, you know, again, you know, hopefully we can be a resource for you in that situation. Definitely ask us your BDSM-related questions. We're happy mm-hmm. to take them. We actually are fairly experienced with some of that stuff, so we're happy to, to get into that. But, um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's very true, and we'll, we'll address that more in upcoming episodes. But with that, we want to kind of move on to our, our closer and, and closing out this week's episode. Uh, next week's topic... Uh, is a really important one that we've been looking forward to doing for a long time. It's kind of what my background is in as a PhD molecular virologist who has a PhD in microbiology and infection. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about sexually transmitted infections next week. It's going to be a gross episode, and I am looking forward to it. But hopefully, yeah, it'll be how, about safer sex and how to protect yourself and how to have more than one partner in a safe, sane way. I look forward to saying chlamydia so many times it loses meaning. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, no, it's 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 a really important episode because, I mean, just the research has advanced so much in the past 10 years. And health classes are so bad at communicating the actual risks and what they are and how, they, how you contract things. So. Oh, we're going to have lots of fun stories about that, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's, a, it's an important episode, so look forward to it. Um, Going back, you know, if you have questions, comments, concerns about things that we've spoke about this week, if you think that we're dead wrong about something, contact us. Go to our website and hit the contact page, and there are a thousand on one way one ways to get into touch with us. If you want to yell at me, there is a phone number where you can leave a message yelling at me, and I will probably play it on this podcast. Now, what is that number, Metrico? That is 9494-OH-SHIT. Excellent. It's great. So please, leave a message if you have a question. If you want to make fun of me, please do that. And some people have asked me this really valid question of, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've covered this before. Can I still ask the question? Two points. Number one, yes, you can still ask the question because no two Mm -hmm. situations are identical. And secondly, we've just added a search functionality to our website. So now you can literally check to see if we've asked addressed something already. Yes, on our main page, there's a search box. And at the navigation at the top of the page, there is an entire search page. We're going back through all of our posts, and we are adding tags to everything. You will be able to find anything about everything, feral attraction, and if you can't find it, ask us. We'll add it for you. Yeah, that means we need to add it, so then make sure you ask. We're here as a resource for you. If you don't find something, tell us, and we'll find it for you. Uh, And yeah, also, uh, this is a bit self-promotional, but we'd, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes. So the whole thing with iTunes is that, you know, it's really great if you leave us reviews because that means that we kind of get boosted up. And that means that more people listen to us, and so we get more questions, and so we're able to kind of improve. Just just leave us a review if you listen to us on iTunes, please. That would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, because the more questions we get, the better our content gets. Yeah, and if you don't, I mean, that's cool, too. Like, hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, one final thing. We kind of touched on this earlier. We're going to be at Furthermore this weekend. Yes, we are. We will be presenting a kind of adapted version of our non-monogamy uh, panel. Uh, this one is going to be more of a Socratic method where we're not going to rely on the slides so much. We'll still have them available online. You can still look at them. Mm-hmm. We're going to run it more call and response style because we're going to have uh, Metrico there as well. So it's going to be a bit more interactive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's, it's kind of silly to have a lecture with, you know, multiple people at the table. So it'll be fun. It'll be more like a workshop and we're going to have fun and silly times. And there's a smash burger I learned across the street and I am interested in learning what a smash burger is. It's right by the Walmart, Koji. I looked it up. 
I looked it up. Excellent. I don't know what it is, but if it's like Five Guys, I'm going to be fat and sassy, so come on out. Yeah, so this is Saturday, April 8th, from 5 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. for the main event in the Montpellier Room, which is panel room two. And the QA dinner slash watching Panda Gorge His Face cool. is going to follow that. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. If they have fries, we'll see how many I can fit in my mouth. The answer is all of them. I'm going to make them a regret opening for the day. <laughs> So, you know, come on out. Like, it's going to be fun. It's, you know, lots of questions. If you have questions that you don't want us to address on, you know, the show, or if you feel kind of shy, you know, ask us there. You know, we're we're here to help. And uh, just to reiterate, we haven't mentioned this in a bit, but we don't record anything about these yeah. sessions. So it's totally uh, anonymous if you'd like it to be that way. I mean, we, uh, we, we don't even actually take, like, any kind of, like, actual attendance numbers. I mean, or notes like, or anything, yeah. So. Like, we're pretty much like a paperless thing. I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're, we want everybody, you know, Twitter isn't a safe space, like we kind of said it earlier, but, you know, we'll be kind of a safe space. At some point, we will do a live taping. We're not doing that at this con. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's... If you're there, come on out, you know, please. I look forward to, you know, some people have reached out and said that they're going to be at the panel. I look forward to meeting all of you. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm super looking forward to this. This is my first panel. So, <laughs> so any, oh my God. You're Chris. so excited. It's oh. I am so excited. Shut up. <laughs> God. Oh yeah. And Koji will be there too, I guess. Oh yeah. Yes. And I'll be smashing burgers into my mouth afterwards. Oh Excellent. my God. We're going to be. Oh, we're going to Grunching Burgers. Let's <laughs> Grunch be real. Just, oh. <laughs> That's so, terrible. Yeah. So, on that note, I think we're going to leave it for the week. I'm Metrico. And I'm Fear of the Science Collie. Be well.